today on Ag News Daily. We were conventional like everybody else for a long time, and then in 09, uh, we figured out that we were giving our money to everyone else except ourselves. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and happy Friday here on the Ag News Daily Podcast. I am so excited. Today's Friday episode is going to be one of the best we've had. Very lighthearted because we've got on a guest co-host with me today. Some of you might know him as Tim the Dairy Farmer. He's an agricultural comedian and also a dairy farmer down there in Florida. Tim, welcome to the show today. Well, hello, Delaney. All good here. Great to hear you. I How am are ex- you today? I'm, I'm doing great. How about you? It sounds like it's pretty warm down there in Florida. Yes, it's uh, it's a typical winter day here. Uh, it's about <laughs> 95, and humidity is probably around 400%. So Ugh, 400%. It's just, a, it's just a good day for a fat guy to be walking around in the heat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. That's great. Well, I'm glad we're starting off the bat uh, with that. With that note, uh, Tim, let's talk a little bit about your operation later on in the episode. I want to talk through just a little bit of news here to get that out of the way for today, because there are a couple big pieces I think we have to address. The first one I want to okay. I want to throw off the bat here is the USDA reports that came out today, because I know we've got a lot of grain guys that listen to the podcast. And the biggest shocker to people, and it definitely reverberated in the corn markets especially today, was the acreage number. Guys, we're really expecting to see about 86 million acres of corn because of all that wet weather we've been having. USDA's report today showed almost 92 million acres that they're estimating are going to be planted for corn acres this year. I personally think that's a little too high. And the USDA sounds like maybe they're thinking, oh crap, we shouldn't have issued that number quite so high because just about an hour after that report came out, they released another statement saying that in July, they're going to go back and update and recollect that information on 2019 planted acres to corn, cotton, sorghum, and soybeans. I'm thinking maybe there that was an oh crap moment for them. Um, yeah, it kind of sounds like the same people that kind of make up my uh, tax returns every year, but um I don't know, Delaney. I mean, the fact the fact that there's more corn than what they thought um, sometimes doesn't surprise me because, well, anyway, I'm going to keep that opinion to yeah. myself. But <laughs> I think the bottom line for farmers, uh, I mean, I, I know there's been some issues with the weather and late planting and whatnot, but I think for the most part, the bottom line is the farmers are basically looking out for themselves and planting what they can because you never know, like they said, they're going to come back in July and change the numbers, but you know, who's to say what they're going to do after that. So I think everybody's just kind of doing what they normally do and, you know, not looking at numbers particularly. That's just my opinion. I'm not a crop farmer, but that's how I look at it. Yeah. You know, I would, I would agree with that statement for the most part. Tim, how has this year's crop prices been impacting? And we also have talked to forage consultants, of course, how has that been impacting your feed needs for this year? Well, I'm a little different, Delaney. I know I have a lot of, I have some families that are, you know, conventional farmers. I actually was in situations just like this back in 09 in the dairy industry, and we actually converted over to straight grass since I'm here in Florida. So I don't feed any commodities anymore other than just grass. 
and uh, minerals and supplements. So, um, like I deal with the weather every year as far as my seed goes because I'm, you know, I'm either contracting it out from somebody or me because it's grass. But um, I do know uh, if I did want to feed some feed, that grain prices have already gone up for livestock, and I've seen those numbers. And um, like right now, this time of year, we are actually bagging grass like most people would bag corn silage. And I'm hoping to get more grass because in the bad winters, I do have to feed a grain, and I'm trying to not have to buy any. Yeah. Because so, but as far as everyone else in this business that does feed grain, I know some guys are getting nervous already, and. Um, We'll just have to see how that goes out. Yeah, absolutely. Tim, what's uh, jumping out in, in the news at you? Because you probably follow a little bit of different stuff since you're down there in Florida and you're a dairy farmer. Well, uh, hurricane started. Hurricane season mm. started for us a couple weeks ago, so that's always fun. Um, looking forward to that every year. If you've never had to put floaties on 400 cows um, before the big rains get Floaties here. on floaties. 400 cows. Like yep. the floaties you Keep put them. on your little kids that are floating in the pool? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yep, that's what we... <laughs> <laughs> no, the hurricane season started, and that's always uh, something you get to look forward to because that's when you, when the power does go out and things go crazy, that's when you wish you would have serviced your generator a month earlier. But um, as far as news for me, Delaney, uh, you know, my side job is a comedian, and I know there's smarter people than than me, people like you and, and Mike and other, you know, important people that keep up with the market and things like that. And as a comedian, um, I actually pick some different stories to learn. Okay. I'm excited. And they actually have nothing to do with the corn market. That's okay. So, Let's hear it. Well, I've got this past week in New York, uh, Feltman's of Coney Island. They just broke the Guinness World Record for a largest, uh, the, the world's largest hot dog. Mm. It's a, it's 120 pounds. <laughs> it's five feet long and two feet wide. Oh my gosh! And they actually put it on a five foot bun. Oh they my gosh! They made a bun for this hot dog, and uh, and it's actually, I think this is, the, I think this is the real record that got broken was. This is the first time that the hot dog and the bun are actually the same size. Huh. Tim, normally, uh, do you take part in watching the Nathan's hot dog eating contest on 4th of July next week? Will you watch that? I will. And actually, this um, it's the world's largest hot dog, and they're going to hire the world's smallest animal to eat it. They're going to they're gonna hire so, the what? <laughs> the world's smallest Asian to eat it. <laughs> So. Oh, not politically correct, <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah, well, anyway. Um, but, yeah, it's just a big hot I mean, the thing I want to know is how do you cook a hot dog like hmm. That is a good question. Yeah. Maybe do you have, like, like flame torches that you're kind of just, like, scorching the outside? I don't know. I don't know. Do you just fill up a giant bathtub and boil the water? <laughs> I have no idea. And. And the other thing I have to think about this story, Delaney, it's a five-foot-long, two-foot-wide hot dog. I think it's so big you could probably actually see the pig lips in it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. There's no – there's no – and and assume I'm assuming 
like they had ketchup was probably just whole tomatoes on this thing. Oh my gosh. That is so, a, a huge hot dog. I want to, I'm going to have to Google yeah. a picture for this thing. Yeah. I, um, I'd like to try to eat part of it. I don't know. Apparently they, they cut it up into smaller pieces, sold it for 10 bucks and they donated the money to a charity for, uh, veterans that has, uh, head injuries, which mm. is a good thing. Oh, that's great. Very yeah. good thing. Very that good is, thing. That is great. Uh, and another story I have here, this one kind of close to my heart. Um, a Minnesota woman uh, said her cat is down one of his nine lives after taking a 35-minute ride during the spin cycle of her lawn. <laughs> oh, she, no. She, she was, I'm guessing, I'm just guessing here, Delaney, I'm guessing maybe she might have been um, elderly or something, but mm. she checked on her laundry at the end of 35-minute cycle, and uh, she spotted a paw belonging to her cat, Felix, sticking out of the wet clothes. So, I think, and um, just so nobody, just so nobody thinks that, um, I don't like cats, the cat made a full recovery, <laughs> full recovery. However, the cat is now claustrophobic. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I would uh, be a little concerned about those clothes. Might be covered in cat hair for a while, or like the cat hair would be like built into the clothing now. Well, uh, it's, I'm just guessing here, but they said that uh, uh, it was actually on hot water and there was a red shirt in there, so now the cat is pink and two sizes smaller. <laughs> Oh, so my gosh. The, the cat shrank. and Seriously, like, how do you – it seems like if you were throwing your laundry in there, you'd have heard a thud. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what is that, so? And, and imagine – I'm just giving you my opinion. That's what I do. But imagine that cat, and when that woman <laughs> opened the lid, you got to know it was like when you were a kid and you had the jack-in-the-box and you're cranking on that machine that – do, 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 And then all of a sudden, ram! <laughs> oh, I'll probably funny. never be allowed to be on this podcast oh, again. But we'll probably, we'll probably get requests to have you back on more often. I don't know. And I have, I have one more story. Going. Okay. Would you like to hear it? I'd love to hear it. Uh, this one is, uh, if you've been here, you know, uh, police in Wisconsin say they are on a lookout for a loose kangaroo hmm. after it was reporting hopping across the highway Monday morning. I'm assuming so it broke out home. of the zoo. Well, they don't know where it came from. They're, they've uh, contacted zoos. They've contacted anybody and they don't know where this kangaroo came from. And uh, I'm assuming Australia, but uh from what the cops say here, this, this this is actually what it says. Officers wandered the bush in the thicket looking for signs of Joey but were unsuccessful. And according to police, it would appear that the kangaroo had, wait for it here, hopped along. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. Hmm. Um, I just think they should let the kangaroo, I mean, just let him be. He, you know, he flew here from Australia. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he probably had a layover in Hawaii, and then he flew United and got stuck in Chicago for 13 hours. I mean, let him <laughs> let him have some brats and cheese, you know? I know. So, I agree. 
So I, that was the cool thing. There's a strange kangaroo. But in a related story, uh, there was a survey that said that, was, that uh, citizens of Wisconsin these days are actually consuming less alcohol. Mm. And that is because according, apparently, uh, while drinking, they all seem to have came out. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> oh my gosh well Tim maybe we should just get right to it I'm going to read through the commodity markets here real quick and then I think we should okay. just talk about your career because obviously you're a comedian we got to address that okay well of course uh, today's grain markets not pretty if you are a corn producer that is for sure of course our markets are sponsored by the Zaner Group today you can give them a call anytime at 312-277-0050. Going to rip the Band-Aid off here quick and get through the corn markets. The July corn contract started down or closed down today, 18 and a half cents in response to that report came out today. Closed at 421 and a half. The September dropped 20 cents to close at 425 and three quarters. In the soybean pits, the July contract up 11 and a half cents with some more optimistic news after today's Report showed soybean planted acres are estimated to be about 80 million acres, down 10 million acres from last month's report. The August contract added 10 and a quarter cent to close at 9.04 even. Wheat pits were not spared today, with the July contract cutting 19 and a half cents to close at 5.28. The September cut 20 and a quarter cent to close at 5.26 and a half. In the livestock markets, live cattle June contract closed down seven cents to close at one ten fifty. The August cut a dollar to close at one hundred four thirty five. The feeder cattle pits were definitely excited at today's low closes in the corn markets, with the August contract rallying a dollar oh five to close at one thirty six eighty five. The September up sixty cents to close at one thirty six seventy. In the lean hog markets, the July contract cut a dollar seventy two and a half to close at seventy two ten. The August Cut a dollar seventeen and a half to close at seventy six dollars even, and of course the dairy markets for today, July or excuse me, yeah, let's start at July. July class three contract up ten cents to close at seventeen twenty eight. The August up twelve cents to close at seventeen fifty nine. And we've got Tim, the dairy farmer, who's an agricultural comedian and a dairy producer, joining us. Tim. Let's get down now to talking about you. We've kind of got some of the news out of the way. It was a slower news day today, so I'm comfortable with that. But tell us a little bit about your dairy operation. All right. My dairy operation is uh, it's small. We only milk about 200 head. We're in Florida. Um, my brother and I have been partners for 30-something years, and um we were conventional like everybody else for a long time. And then in 2009, um, we figured out that we were giving our money to everyone else except ourselves. And we took a gamble and decided that we were going to try to go all grass. That doesn't mean I'm organic. That doesn't mean I'm one of the hippie freaks that are, you know, trying to go against the grain. I was just trying to survive. And um, that we've been doing that since about 2011 and we just feed grass we we bag it like everybody does corn silage um you know in the winter months i will feed that grass with silage and then i i do spend a lot of money on supplements and good mineral Mm -hmm. and um we only milk them once a day which 
most people like, are you smoking weed? But no, we're not. And um, when you go to all grounds, you do lose the production. But I don't have the input costs, and I'm doing right. better at once a day than I ever did at two and sometimes three times a day. And, do you uh, see? Do you see Tim a premium being built into only feeding grass? Because obviously, like grass-fed beef, there's a premium out there for that. Do you see the same thing reflected in the dairy markets? Um, there might be, maybe up in your area, and, but here in Florida. Um, there's really not. I'm still with the regular co-op that I've always been with. Uh, they don't have a niche market for grass. Uh, in time, you know, we've contemplated the idea of, of putting in a little bottling facility, but we just haven't. We've actually, I mean, things are things are tough. Trust me, things are still tough, but um, we're surviving. Um, I just don't have the input cost. And, some of the benefits for grass was I don't have the health problems hmm. that I did when I was on three times a day in full grain. Um, there's a lot of hidden benefits to the cows as well as my brother and I actually have the life, not just monetary money. But um, there's not. I, there probably is a specific grass-fed milk market, but I think if it was, you would probably almost be selling it all because that's such a niche. Type yeah. Of person okay. That's that, okay. You know? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, the raw dairy milk. I didn't think about that. Um, but, I, I mean, also... there, is, there is a market, Delaney, but it would only be, you know, it would only be ten or fifteen gallons a week. Mm. And what am I going to do with the rest of it? Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So, it's maybe not worth the worth the challenges. Yeah. I also want to ask you specifically about your dairy. You mentioned earlier in the episode using floaties for your dairy cattle during hurricane season. Uh, can you elaborate on that, please, for me? <laughs> well, Walmart. If you if you go online, you can actually order them ahead of time, and they will. They're they're cheaper. That no, I'm kidding. We don't put floaties on them. We just <laughs> it does get a little squirrely when when you know people that well people that I know in Florida. They're like, "What are you doing during the hurricane?" Well, you get them all out of the barn because. Mm. That's um, ten years ago. We we lost a big barn. It was a two hundred by fifty, and the, and the hurricane came through and picked that whole thing up like a piece of aluminum foil. I'm glad I didn't have cows under it, but they the cows do fine. We don't really put floaties on them. We have a raft. Um, <laughs> oh man, you're just pulling my leg this whole time. Okay, so. <laughs> let's talk about your comedian career because that's it's hard obviously for you to separate your comedy from being serious totally respect that I think that's awesome but how did you get into being an agricultural comedian and then do you only talk about agriculture when you're being a comedian at places I um okay so we'll go back to the beginning I went to I've, as a kid growing up, I was never the class clown. I was the kid that always mumbled something under his breath. Mm. I was, I was, I don't know if I can say it on your podcast or not, but I was a smart ass. Well, and, yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I always liked comedy, watching it growing up. And it wasn't until I was about 31, I was at a, a dairy, um, uh, 
wasn't a get together. It was a it was a um, like a once a year banquet, and they had hired this guy that was supposed to be a sketch artist slash comedian. And I guess this guy decided he would spend most of his afternoon in the lobby bar drinking. And he came out on stage and he proceeded to draw stuff that you really shouldn't draw, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, and I found out, I'm like, how much, you know, I'm like, I could do that. So um, long story short, um, I went to a comedy club here. I got on stage, open mic, and that was, I don't know. 16, 17 years ago, and then uh, the first, I was doing some stupid jokes, and one of my buddies, we were riding home from a gig, and I talked about how, this is a true story, how a neighboring farm, their employees had planted some some marijuana, and the cows got through the fence, ate the marijuana, and it took them two days to get the cows to the farm. <laughs> oh, no. Because they would walk around in circles and lay down and, and then even after they got a milk they couldn't sell the milk because you right. could smell the weed like onions oh, anyway oh that turned into my first dairy job and then it just kind of turned into tim the dairy farmer and um but i do all kinds of jokes i just signed with larry the cable guy this last year and he produced my new album it's on all the every Spotify, Pandora, Google, Apple, all of them. And it's called Tim the Dairy Farmer Farm Raised. Oh, I like that. It's out right now. And it's free. It's free. Just download it. And then I can be heard all the time on um, Sirius XM. And, um, but I talk about, I, I don't just talk about, I mean, most of my stuff's about rural life, but I talk about county fairs, family reunions, morel mushroom hunting, uh, portalettes, um, yard sales, Cracker Barrel, whatever. Hmm. So that's really but interesting. But I mainly, I, I mainly do ag companies. But in fact, uh, if anybody's listening from the Milwaukee area, July thirteenth, I will be at the Potawatomi Casino on July thirteenth for two shows. So come on out. Is there, Tim, a list of the shows you do? Like, how can folks find you or find out if you're going to be in their area anytime soon? Because I would love to see you. I think that'd be awesome. I, I mean, the, a lot of my corporate things, um, I don't really post them because that's a private company thing. Yeah. But the ones that you can go to is posted on my website, timthedairyfarmer.com. And, um, I, you know, I do some stuff on social media. I'm the worst. I'm that age of the person that is annoyed by it. And I, I should probably do more social media stuff, but I don't. That's okay. I have, I have a Twitter page and I have Facebook, but I don't take pictures of what I ate for lunch or nothing. (laughs) Yes. That's very millennial. That's probably not, uh, not something you'd be intrigued by. I personally take pictures of my food and post them, but I am millennial. So. Okay. Uh, I should take pictures of what happens to the food after I eat it, (laughs) but I don't think. (laughs) Maybe not. Anyway. Hmm. But yes. And the reason I, um, uh, like what I mentioned earlier, you know, I don't do, I've never thought of my comedy. I don't, 
I can do mainstream comedy. Uh, I've had Netflix contact me about doing something. I can do that, but for the most part, I feel that my job uh, is to get farmers in their head away from, you know, the down markets, the crap we go through every day. And that's kind of what, that's always kind of been my goal is, is just for like an hour while you're watching me, you're, it's, because it's, it's physically impossible to worry and laugh at the same time. So I make it the best I can is while you're there, you're not going to be worried about commodity prices or you're not going to be worried about farm credit calling you or this or that. And that's, I guess in a nutshell, that's what I try to do. I love I'm that. Not, I'm not, I love that. I'm not, I'm not the guy that's going to get it. And there's nothing against what you and Mike do. I, I listen to your guys' podcast two, three times a week, and I appreciate what you do because that's where I get some most of my information. But I'm not the guy. I wasn't built for that. I'm the guy that was built for, hey, you know what? We're living in this crap every day. Why don't we forget about it mm-hmm. for a few minutes? That's what I want to be. So, Tim, do you so. see do you see groups like when we have these periods of low commodity prices, do you see more ag groups bringing you in because they know that that's your goal and that's your message for groups, for producers? I, I don't know. I mean, you know, sometimes I, I don't, I don't get to do all like everybody that contacts me. Sometimes it's a budget thing. You know, I live in Florida if I want to go anywhere in your part of the country, it does cost me a little bit to get there and rent a car and this and that. And I wish I was, you know, independently wealthy enough that if somebody said, Hey, we've got $250. Can you come speak to our dinner? I'd love to say, yeah, but I, I've been doing this long enough that I don't get to see everybody, but I do get to see the people that, you know, there's a budget and, and I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but I'm not an open micer. I've been doing this for a long time, but I, I do. Um, I've, I've done a couple this last year where they've never had a comedian before. And I'm like, well, I will be there. You may not hire another comedian <laughs> after I've been there, but you know, I do see that, you know, there's a lot of, um, there's, there's more talk now about mental issues mm-hmm. or, you know, among farmers. And, you know, that's, that's why I like to do this. You know, laugh. People need to laugh more. They get too caught up in some stuff. And, and um, yeah, I'd like to come all over the place and help everybody out. But but sometimes you get the companies, you know, they want to hire somebody that that's more educational, but I'm not the educational guy. I'm my, in fact, my intro Whenever I'm at a show, it says Tim is not a salesman. He's not a politician. And unless you bought bail money, he is not a motivation speaker. And that's what I tell them right up front. That's that's okay. Yeah, you're being transparent. Nobody's expecting to get anything different from you then. No, and after you you talk to me for five minutes, you can tell I was probably homeschooled. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, Tim, before we uh, wrap up today's Friday episode, I've got to ask, since you're a comedian, you've sprinkled in your humor here and there, but do you have a joke or two that you could share with us? Oh, you are putting me on the spot, aren't you? I am. Oh, gosh. I hate when people do that. 
Um, you know, I got a lot of jokes to Randy. Some of them, I don't know if you'd have me back on the podcast if I said them. Um, all right. Boy, don't you hate that air time? Yeah, I'm just waiting for it. It's it's the pregnant pause. When you, you know, like when you ask somebody, oh, when are you due? And then there's that awkward silence and the woman answers, yeah. I'm not pregnant. I'm not, I'm not pregnant. Yeah. yeah. Well, mm-hmm. people have asked me if I'm pregnant too, so. <laughs> well, if you don't have any jokes, I won't put you on the spot. I'll tell you what, Blaine, just tell everybody to type in Seminary Farmer on their phone on Google and there are plenty of good jokes right there. All right. I'll take it. Tim the Dairy Farmer, folks, you can Google that. His website is timthedairyfarmer.com. Tim, today has been really fun. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Delaney. I've had a blast, and I would love to do this again anytime. Oh, we absolutely will. Folks, if you enjoyed hearing Tim the Dairy Farmer on today's episode, shoot us a note on Facebook or on Twitter at AgNewsDaily. Shoot Tim a note on Facebook or Twitter, although he did admit earlier he doesn't love social media, or find him at his website, timthedairyfarmer.com. Tim, with that, should we let the people go? We should let them go, Delaney. Everybody have a great weekend.